Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? It's Brian House here, and you're listening to episode number 12 of Work For It. I am joined, as always, in the studio with my main man, Mr. Trent Hill. Howdy, folks. And my beautiful wife. Hey there. Sarah. And all the way on the other side of the globe, as far as away as possible, I think, uh, from where I am right now, we are joined by uh, Mr. Dan Hemming. He's a friend of mine. He lives in Melbourne, Australia, and uh, he's come on the podcast today because, uh, number one, he's a fan of the podcast, and he's also a super interesting guy. He's got a lot to talk about, and uh, and and we have a lot of things to learn from him. Say hi, Dan, and tell us a little bit about yourself. G'day, everyone. Um, yeah, all the other side of the world, down in Melbourne. Um Actually, in uh, I'm about an hour and a half southeast of Melbourne, um, down on the coast. Live in a little town called uh, Inverloch. Um, yeah, a little holiday town. Only about five thousand people live here, but the majority of my work is now based out of Melbourne. Um, so I sort of drive hour and a half every day to work. No kidding, that's a long drive. Long yeah, commute. yeah, it's it's one of those things you sort of choose a place to live and then work out the logistics between getting to and from work, I suppose. And what kind of work do you do? Just I know what kind of work you do, but share that with the audience because it's it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so um, my trade background is I'm a boiler maker. Um, but the last couple of years, I've been working for a, um, a, a company that specializes in uh, food grading equipment, uh, mainly, mainly cherries and blueberries is what we do. 
Um, and, and when yeah, you say we, food food grading, you mean like the processing or like the when they're like I've seen some pictures of the machines you make, and it looks like as the berries come out of the field and are sorted that that's kind of like what the machines are that you're making, right? Or yeah, yeah, yep. So basically everything's been harvested. Um, and then what what happens from there is we build the equipment that then uh, grades the fruit for its size and quality. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting technology actually. Before I'd started working with them, I was unaware of the, the process of how it's actually all done. Um but it's it's pretty cool. It's everything's um, graded by by cameras. Um, so each piece of fruit has quite a few photos taken of it, and from those photos, they can determine the the size and the quality. Um, you know, any defects, scratches, markings from them being picked, and stuff like that. We can we can sort them out and as the fruit goes down the line we can then um you know separate them into different um qualities i suppose you know you have your export and sorry what was that uh, uh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but i was going to ask right? are you guys using uh shaker tables or using air jets or what to separate uh it's it's air jets to separate them so um okay Basically, everything's put into um, dropped bulk into like a a bin, I, I suppose you would call it. Um, for cherries, I suppose it's it's um, dropped into water, um, and actually the water the water starts the separation process straight away. A- any cherries that are low in sugar will actually float. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we separate them that way just by the flow of water. Um, and then we use an elevator process that um, lifts them up into a machine called a cluster cutter. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a cherry on the tree. There's usually a cluster of about two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and that machine will actually trim the stalks to separate them. It won't cut the stalks off. Um, it just cuts the end of them to separate them into an individual fruit. And then from there, they um, go onto a machine called a singulator. So it, it basically puts all the fruit into a single file and then drops them onto an in- individual cup. And that cup's moving along reasonably fast. Um, we're, we're now running our machines at like 40 cups a second. So the camera's taking about. I think it's about six to seven photos of each fruit, but they're being processed at, at 40 cups a second. So it's it's quite fast, everything that happens. And then as it moves down the line, um, usually we, we separate the def- defected fruit first. Um, and yeah, it's just a little air jet that the machine knows exactly where that bit of fruit is along the line. And we'll um, we'll push that bit of fruit out onto a onto a conveyor belt, and then from there it's boxed and and shipped. Now, what what's your role as far as are yes. you more of a fabricator, or are you you know are you the designer? What, what's what are you doing so, with these big machines? 
I was I was basically employed. Um, I, f- I finished up my last job, which I was I was in the marine industry, um, building commercial boats, um, which is a whole other completely different industry. But um, yeah, so I'd finished up that job, and I was actually heading to the US um, for a for a holiday, and I had about four or five weeks of sort of sitting around not doing anything so I just sort of had a bit of a look um you know see what jobs were going and and everything else and these guys were looking for for a ball maker to do some stainless steel TIG welding um you know for four weeks and I thought yeah perfect the money was good um so yeah I went and did that and um got on really good with all the guys and everything and um when I got back from my trip to the US, um, they sort of rang me up and said, you know, can you come back? We need a we need a full-time fabricator. Um, and from there, I've pretty much just been doing the a lot of the stainless fabrication work. Um, they've sort of, they've changed their machining. They went from a more bolt-together assembly to the new machines now, which are pretty much um, all for the US Canadian market um, are fully welded sanitary machines, so no flat surfaces. Um, so they've really had to change the way that they designed and built these machines, and therefore needed the, you know, the help of a quali- more of a qualified boilermaker than maybe someone that can just do up bolts. Yeah, yeah, that um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so we- yeah. When you're Go when ahead, you're welding a lot of that stuff, are you having to are you having to back purge to avoid the sugaring on the backside? Um, not so much. Um, it's it's a bit of a funny one actually because the only real um, contact with the air and the fruit is through these this stainless steel air chamber. Okay. Um, it, it was something that. I brought up with them early on in the piece about back purging, um, but they they sort seemed to think that it wasn't so much of an issue as there was no liquids or anything that was actually touching the fruit. You know, it's, right. it's, it's an airtight chamber. So um, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. I sort of had my my doubts in the beginning, but you know, we've been doing these things for two years now and. You know, no real issues with contamination that way. You probably got more of an issue of oil from the air compressor being yeah, leaked yeah. into the air chamber yeah. Um, yeah. than a than a you know a contaminant that way. Um, but the big one, the big one we found from the US is um, their cleaning process um, is a lot different to what we do here. The you know the cleaning products are a lot more caustic, so. You know that we love other, our bleach over here. Yeah, that we like yeah. to bleach to live and shit yeah. out of everything. <laughs> yeah, and you wouldn't think it with all the crap going on right now with COVID. You know, everybody's arguing over whether or not they should wear a mask over here, and meanwhile, one person gets sick in a prison, and the next day there's like fourteen hundred people, you know, all sick and yeah. dying and everything else. Yeah, it's it's crazy over here. I I I I have I I want I want to talk more about what you do because I find it fascinating, but I also yep. 
find it very – I also have a lot of questions about um, – and what, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, not only because I find your work fascinating, I like who you are as a person, and you and I have had many offline conversations just talking yeah, yeah. about whatever, uh, fabrication and different things, but the – the reality, I think the big push for me to bring you on was because you're so far away. You're so far removed from the U.S. You have an outside perspective of what's going on. And not that we're like a political show or want to get too far into it. But, you know, Australia has a really good record of not having a lot of covid cases and the pandemic is not running rampant there. It's it's, you know, sort of contained. Mm. And I'm I'm interested, like, what is the perception from Okay, I have a, I have a two sided question. Number one, I had a friend who lived in Australia. He lived in Queensland, yep. and he he was an American. He was from Florida, and he married a woman from the somewhere in the South Pacific. I don't remember where. So they ended up, you know, kind of finding a middle ground and moving to um, Queensland. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that there was something about Australians. He said they were very aggressive towards Americans. Like they didn't like Americans per se. They thought us that we were like more, you know, cocky. And, you know, there was like this divisive thing going on. Maybe that was just Queensland related to because he, he lived on an island. So it was like kind of a small town feel or uh, whatever. Okay. Yep. But he had a really hard time living there, you know, because he said not a lot of people like they would hear his accent and they would call him a yank. And they would, you know, he said every time I got into a went to a bar or restaurant, you know, it felt like people were, you know, kind of down on him for being American. And he said it was kind of odd because, you know, he's a white guy, grew up in America, never really felt any sort of diversified uh, opinions about who he was because, you know, um, you know, he's just never felt it. And then the minute he went to Australia, he said it was really hard. He ended up moving back because of it. You know, he couldn't he couldn't live really? there. So, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and now my take on Australia in the people of Australia, I haven't had. I mean, of course, I don't live there, but all my interactions with anyone who's from there has been very pleasant. And I haven't noticed any sort of like, uh, I don't know. I haven't noticed any of that, 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 that type of energy that he was talking about. So. Yeah. So it's tell a little, me what um, you think. I sort of, uh, me personally, um, like I have quite a few American friends, you know. Um, it's a bit of, it, when you sort of say that, it's a little bit shocking to me. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I know a lot of um, people that are, you know, travel to Australia from, from the States, um, you know, and it's always been a pretty good experience. And when you say that, uh, it's a little bit shocking, yeah, because um, we are very similar. Um, there's not too many differences. I was I was going to say I've had more in common with Aussies than Brits. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep, yep. Although yeah, I, our, I, our I, way I of life is, is very British orientated, I think. Um, you know, a lot of our sayings and, and and our foods and stuff is is more of a British background, and so it should be. You know, we're and Australia is a very young country as well. Kind oh, of like absolutely, the States, yeah. We're which only is a couple of hundred years old. Yeah, and and we we forget that. Like a lot of Americans don't know that it's like two hundred or two hundred and fifty years old. Is yeah, all yeah. Australia has been around? You know, the country of Australia, anyhow. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the U S we're, we're young too. So we, we've got our share of uh, growing pains being in our teenage years and all. And, um, yeah, so I, I find that interesting that you say that that was one of the questions I really wanted to ask you. And then I, I wanted to ask you too, you know, uh, being an out from, you know, outside of the U S and seeing what's happening, you know, um, if, if you, if you could give us some advice, you know, and, and because the problem, here's what I'm finding is a problem here is that, well, you know, the, we are a country a lot like Australia that is built from dissidents. You know, we, we were a people who broke free of, of yeah. tyranny and decided, you know, we wanted to break free from, from the UK and, and, uh, and Britain and what that meant to create a country where freedom could, uh, could could really rise to the top and we wouldn't have to um, deal with, you know, all the things that go along with being part of that, um, the empire. So, you know, and Australia was kind of born the same way. So it's like um, when I think of how we're handling things versus the culture in Australia and how you all are handling things, it seems more or less like you're seeing, okay, the government says like, hey, this is what you should do and this is how you should handle yourself. And the people pretty much, agree you know there's not a or maybe i'm wrong about about that are people saying like if is there a mask uh ordinance where people have to wear masks or you know is there that same type of thing happening where people are like f you government we don't want to listen to you you're you're breaking our rights uh you know in half and we don't want to listen to you is that kind of the same attitude or are you guys more like okay yeah we can do this no problem yeah so in the beginning of this whole COVID thing, um, our government was pretty quick to, to lock the country down and, and get on top of it. Um, and we did we did get on top of it really quick, not as quick as New Zealand did, um, but smaller country, less people, um, you know, a lot easier to do. We're, we're a massive landmass. Um, in the idea of landmass, it's equivalent very similar to the size of the US but only I think 25 million people here um, so very spread out and basically all the the states closed their borders to neighboring states um, oh, pretty much straight away the only okay. states that didn't do that was of course Victoria and New South Wales being that um, there's a lot of neighboring towns on the border, which is the Murray River, um, and it would be, it would have been, you know, near on impossible to do so. Um, a lot of people live in one town and then cross the border to work sure. in the other, or vice versa. Schools, you know, hospitals, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that didn't happen, and and it didn't really seem to matter. Um, and we got to the point where the country had no COVID cases, active new cases at all. Um, and I think it was it was sort of the same time where you guys had the, the thing happening in the States with the um, the whole racial thing and that, that guy, um, you know, passing from the, the, the police brutality and that sort of right. stuff. Um, and that's uh, sort of, I don't want to go into the whole racial thing. <laughs> side yeah, of it, it all played a part. It, it, you're it right. Play, it, it played it all a huge kind of, part. Yeah, because there was um, all the protesting started, 
and it was really yeah, hard to keep yeah. people apart. You know, uh, we, yeah. you know, which I really kind of respect in a way. I mean, I don't respect the looters, and I don't respect all the the violence and all the anger. Yeah, but yeah. I respect like the fact that people are willing to just stand up for what they believed in and go and do that, and, that, and it speaks volumes of that generation. And yeah, I think that yeah. that's a positive thing. And I, you know, as, as long as it was done in a way that was productive, I fully supported those those rallies. I thought they were fantastic. And, um, you know, it's reminiscent of, you know, the 60s and 70s, you know, the civil rights movement. We need to have multiple waves of this in order for our country to sort of open our minds to the fact that, you know, hate in any form, like for me, for for instance, um, I'm an equal, equally hater. Like I'll hate you no matter what color skin <laughs> yeah. you are until, you know, if, if I've met people of all races, colors and ages um, that are are just not good people. And it didn't have anything to do with their skin color. You know, it just yeah. had to do with them as a person. So but I've met an enormous amount of people like I always say this about like the comments on YouTube and all the comments on Facebook and social media. It's like ninety eight point five percent good. You know, yeah, and then yeah. there's that like, you know, one and a half percent that's just like they're just a mess. And, you you know, and it doesn't have anything to do with who they are or their skin color or what religion they are. They're just miserable assholes and they're going to just do whatever they want anyway. So, you know what? They get treated as such. And, um, you know, I, I've learned over the years as I get older to not give them too much attention, but to to put them in their place when needed. Uh, you know, that's kind of been my take on things. I, I, I pretty much am a, a pacifist in that regard. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think you're right about that, though. The connection between COVID, all the pandemic stuff, people being locked up for a couple of months. And I 46 million people being unemployed due to no fault yeah. of their own. Yep. Yep. You got yeah. all these things happening. And then you got a guy who is murdered in the streets and somebody you know, vi- you know, videotapes it. And of course, there's a hundred different ways to look at that video no. and the c- scenario no, because, and all of that. Because, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of the justification. I don't give a shit. If, if you would charge a civilian with that crime, you better goddamn well charge. Oh, no the doubt about it. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise what you're saying is that there literally is two standards for legal justice and that, as long as you're wearing blue, you get a free pass. And I'm just, and, and it's the same argument that I have against, you know, you're like no property damage. I'm like, fuck that. If, if the fucking people in charge of enforcing the rules can say, oh, we can break eggs to make as many omelets as we want, but you better do everything right and not step out of line. It's like, no, you're the system. You're broken. If you, if you, you serve us, not the other way around. We don't serve the government. The government serves us. If the government isn't willing to, to put themselves under the same chains that bind us, then any point that they have is illegitimate. You either serve us or you're against us. And if you're against us, well, we already have experience with fighting that. So you don't want to see how many eggs can truly get broken. And this is the this is the point. I mean, we this is the point of all the rallies is that there has been a double standard in this country for far too long. And, and you know, that needs to get handled. And it's and this is the uh, unfortunately his death was a catalyst for that change and i hope there will be um, a whole bunch of good that comes from it and i think it definitely can and will come from that and uh as long and, as uh, we yeah. don't weaken no i don't I, you know i, 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 don't I understand so. that people want things to go back to normal but the fact of the matter is the old normal didn't serve that many people 
We, we need a yeah. new normal that serves the majority of people. And I'm not talking like democracy by numbers. I'm I'm literally talking about America needs to work for everybody, not just a select few. Yeah. And, and you know what, Dan, I'm, I, I we, you know, we could talk about covid and the rallies and all yeah. that all, all day long. That's yeah, not sorry. Really, you know, sorry. It, you know, it, 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 it isn't really like I was what the focus of today's you know yeah, uh, topic yeah. for the podcast. But it's good really to get that be. different. It's good to get that different perspective from Yeah, I have a question for you, Dan. Is it Boggin or Bogan? Uh, Bogan. OK, see, your Bogans are like our rednecks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have to explain that. Educate me a little bit on what a bogan is. Uh, basically like a redneck. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's, it's an Aussie yeah. redneck. Aussie redneck. You know? Yeah. So With their utes. In all cultures. Utes. <laughs> yep. 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 I got a bear in my ute. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> That's hoon. <laughs> yeah. Now, Dan, do you see why I like having Trent on the show? Like, oh, he's yeah, like, of course. Yeah, he fires everybody up. And, you know, yeah. it's funny is that I get a lot of private messages about Trent. Like, you know, uh, Trent is one of those people that he's very passionate about things. And I use that term about myself a lot. But yeah. Trent's like me times 10. So, like, it's he's all my anger and rage wrapped up into <laughs> one person. Yeah. And he personifies it for me. So, like, I if, if I get – see what happens with me. If I get like Trent, I can't think straight. Like, I see red and I get all crazy. So, I got to keep myself nice and calm and, you mm. know, whatever. But I have Trent on the show to get mad for me. So, I really yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so. The anger focuses me. Uh, yeah. See, yeah. See, it does a different thing for a different person, but yeah, for sure. All right. So listen, all right, let's set all of that stuff aside. I wanted to actually share with you guys what I have going on uh, today because uh, you'll find this interesting. Well, maybe you will or won't. I don't know. But so, all right. So Sarah and I are, we've, we built a house about two years ago in um, Naples, which is like Southwest Florida coast. And um, when we built the house, we didn't, build a pool onto the back of the house the the builder could have and and but they had like these real cookie cutter you know designs and we wanted something a little more customized and we were already dropping a pretty penny on the house so we were like you know what let's just wait a couple of years we'll get that pool built or whatever and so for the last couple of years we've been kind of you know toying around with it going back and forth and all and then finally, about three months ago, we pulled the trigger. We were like, you know what? Let's, it's time to do it. Let's go ahead and do it because we're stuck in the house. You know, we've got three kids and we're not leaving much, you know, and, and Florida is so hot and uh, muggy in the summertime. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. It's just like every house in our neighborhood has a pool except for us. Maybe like one or two other houses now don't have them. And uh, so we've got this huge, uh, really expensive hole in our backyard right now that's uh, being, you know, worked on and plumbed around. So Sarah says to me, and and I it, actually no, this is not how it happened. I went over to a neighbor's house to look at their pool and see like what they had done to kind of get some inspiration and do a couple other things. I was running a service call at the time, and uh, the guy says to me. All right. So the one thing we wish we would have done that we didn't was put in an outdoor shower. And, you know, he's like, it's kind of ridiculous. You get out of the chlorinated water and you want to rinse off before you come in the house. And you really can't, you know, you have to like go in and walk through the house wet and then, you know, take a shower or whatever. It's a very sad story when you have to do These that. These are all right? very first world problems. <laughs> yeah. yes, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm very aware of that. But uh, so, so, um, 
I, I tell the builder, the pool builder, I say, I want to run an outdoor shower line. I'm going to do it with pecs. And uh, is it cool, you know, that, you know, just let me know, like, when it's cool for me to just dig the trench and, and put the pecs in. And he was like, sure. So he called me yesterday. He's like, hey, now is the time. The trenches are already in. You just have to kind of find where you're going to tap into your water source and whatever, and then just run the line. And uh, so I decided today's the day. I got the pecs and Dexter's helping me and we're digging a trench and we're moving brick and all this. And I made the mistake of calling my father. My father's a general contractor and he is, uh, if, if you've ever seen any of the devices that I build or any of the things I construct, you know that I like to over-engineer things or maybe say over-build them. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. over-engineered, but they're over-built. Like yeah. I really like strong industrial things no kill like overkill brian yeah yeah. absolutely where i got that from is my dad so i take he's up in illinois right now so i I take some photos i send it to him and he's like yeah i see you're running that pex he's like uh you don't have a sleeve around the pex though you know it's just raw pex going into the slab and then going out and i said yeah and i you know i researched this and it says that you can do that especially if it's not a in a frost zone we don't have any we don't get cold here and um he's like nope the inspector will not approve that you've got to at least sleeve it when you go through the footer so um he's instructing me on what i need to do to make this happen now i'm thinking to myself i've already cut the slab I've already, you know, notched everything out to fit this two half inch uh, round pipes. That's it. And PEX is like a flexible. You guys know what PEX is. It's like Mm -hmm. flexible. It's a water pipe. Is that like uh, a plastic? plastic? Yeah. yeah, It's polyethylene. Yeah. Yeah, It's polyethylene. Polyethylene. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome stuff. If you've ever worked with it, you could plumb a whole house with it very easily. It makes awesome airlines. Yeah, it makes great airlines. It's real strong. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. my father's actually a, a plumber by trade. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So he's probably worked with it. It's it's like yeah. the standard now. Like everybody uses like this yeah. whole house yeah. two years ago was plumbed all with PEX plumbing. Yeah, it and might be no called something copper. different here, but I, I just can't think of what it is off the top of my head. There's another name for it. I've seen it out there. Well, and you've you've also it, so. got PEX Alpex where it's polyethylene outer liner, a thin aluminum inner liner. Yeah, thin I've aluminum seen that, sleeve, yeah. and then a, another poly liner on the inside. What yeah, I like about this yeah. stuff is you can bend it. Like you can, it'll go around a corner. I mean, you have to kind of get, have a decent sweep, but it'll it'll go around to forty five. Yeah. So there's not a lot of joining. You know, you just basically run the whole thing, whatever. So yeah. my dad says you got to sleeve this thing. I go to our big box store, which is uh, Home Depot here. Yeah. And I tell the guy in the plumbing department what I'm doing. And he's like, Oh man, yeah, you need this, this, and this. So we buy all the stuff to sleeve this PEX. And now I have to go back and I have to buy a bigger concrete saw because the one I was using was just an angle grinder, like a four inch blade, not long enough to get yeah, down okay. into the concrete, yeah. of course, to set this sleeve down into it. I start digging to get to the, uh, to the point where I can, um, you know, see the, the, the footer all the way. So I can start cutting it again. And I'm like, this thing is like two feet thick. It's not a standard footer, which is like eight to 10 inches thick. It's like 24 inches thick. It's like somebody was pouring and had right where I decided to go through the footer. 
they had like leftover concrete and they were just like, screw it. Let's like dump all this concrete right here. So now I've got like a monolith of concrete. I have to now cut to get through. Meanwhile, Sarah's over at her parents' house, hanging out, doing her thing with our daughter. And she's like, Hey, how's the project going? Oh, I'm like, Oh, it's a cluster F, you know, this is, it's a mess. I'm like, you know, what should have taken me about three hours is taking me now like seven hours. And uh, so anyway, I cut through the slab. I get it all in there. Dexter and I, uh, you know, plumb it all up. And I'm not kidding you. We clean up and about what, 20 minutes later, the surveyor and inspector shows up here. Yep. Yeah. And walks through and he's like, (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know how the what the rules are like for me to run my own plumbing, but I'm pretty sure he would have frowned on that if he would have uh, saw nah. me doing all Homo- that. Homeowner is generally exempt from. I mean, you have to meet code, but you're generally exempt from any kind of. Well, I definitely met code because yeah. I went over and above. But so meanwhile, it's 95 degrees here uh, Fahrenheit, and it is just sweltering hot. Yeah, but. Sarah discovered this stuff and and Trent I've been meaning to tell you about this uh for a while it's like uh it's called key nutrients um oh what is it Sarah oh it's yeah like, the uh, stuff you made you said it's like Gatorade without the sugar it's Gatorade without the sugar it's sweet yeah, with stevia. no sugar no carbs no everything I don't know it's but it's really good and it's all um it's like organic. The words and escaping me. It's like for hydration. It's gluten free. Gluten free. It's like you know what else is multiplier. organic. You know what else is organic, Brian? What's organic? Benzene. Wine. Anything carbon based is organic. That's why that phrase drives me nuts. Well, fucking it, it, petroleum. I, I, <laughs> petroleum is carbon based. It doesn't. How are you mean turning this into it. this? How are you turning this into saying. this? I think he's ready to rant. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's on fire. All right. So, but it's like stevia instead of like the fake sugars. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? It's stevia, which I'm, I'm on board. Well, and the, I can't the do thing about the stevia sugar. that's kind of nice. I mean, it's a little sweeter tasting, but you don't need near as much to get the no, same level like a, of sweetness. Exactly. It's like a tiny little scoop of this stuff in yeah. a bottle of water. Right. And it changes it into like, there's different flavors. Electrolytes. And, uh, yeah. It's got it, electrolytes. It, it, yeah, it's like uh, idiocracy where they're like, you know, everybody's got to have electrolytes. Well, normally oh, no, I would not be able mutilator. to. Yeah, exactly. I All would right. not be able to work in this kind of heat without yeah. stuff like that. And man, I do not feel tired. Uh, and, and here's here's the other thing about this stuff is that if you've had a little too much to drink the night before, if you guzzle one of these before you go to bed and then you have another one in the morning, it is like the hangover cure of all hangover. I was going to say, is that yeah, why really? you can, is that why you can down a bottle of wine every night? That, you got he said that right. It's like, it's like he never drank a thing. That's when how I wake up in the morning, I do not feel like it never thirsty or hungover. I mean, a little bit, I feel tired, Yeah, but it's, it's cause I'm not, not getting natural sleep. But, it would take you like three days to get over a couple of glasses of yeah, wine. Yeah. Though, it doesn't feel stuff. it doesn't feel like you like ate a greasy pork chop out of a dirty ashtray. No, no. Weird not at science. All. What's up? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, this stuff it's is a greasy pork so sandwich. You, so so here, here here's where I'm going with this is that we became an affiliate of these people to 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 like get a link so that we could sell it basically back to Holla. our listeners. Yeah, and but here's the thing. You know me. I would never sell anything that I didn't fully believe in. Right. This stuff is freaking amazing. Really? And uh yeah, and and I I'm telling you, you can get it on Amazon and you what's that little container cost? Like 26 bucks 
and yeah. it makes like I don't know it hundreds of bottles. I was gonna say I, how many bottles does it make go? Because that's the real. It makes yeah. a ton of bottles, and to to put it in a bottle of water, you don't need like a giant like protein powder scoop. It's like the yeah. tiniest little scoop. It's probably a half a teaspoon. And I was I did so much research on stupid electrolytes, and um, you know, I read all these reviews, and then this one just like really caught me because it was you know Brian's allergic to gluten and everything. It had all of his allergies covered and everything I was looking for. And then I checked out their website and they were, you know, veteran owned and U.S. manufactured and all that stuff. And I was just like, oh, I already love these guys, you know. Yeah. So I gave it a try because, I mean, all that sounds great. But like if it tastes terrible, then what's the point? Right, or if right. it doesn't work, then what's the point? So tastes we gave like, it a shot. Tastes like Brian wrung out his jock strap. <laughs> yeah, and it, that would not. No one would want any of that. That's heinous. That's for sure. Especially after today, I was just well, and covered you know, in concrete the funny, dust. The funny thing is, is I was drinking this stuff like crazy and feeling fantastic. And meanwhile, like he'll have like two glasses of wine and then just feel terrible for days and days and days and be like, I just can't drink anymore. I dehydrate. I'm just, easily. I'm just not going to drink. And this whole time, it never occurred to me to be like, Hey, you should try this. But all of a sudden, like two months in, I was like, Hey. Maybe you should try this stuff. And he's like, I feel like a new man. And I'm like, you're crazy. I used to get muscle spasms all the time because I'd be low in magnesium. There was like all hey, kinds of stuff. And I'm, I sweat I'm, like I'm crazy. I'm game, dude. My my wife, she, she'll she get like random leg cramps and she'll have to get up. That's all hydration related. She hate, yeah. Well, she hates uh, mustard. So she'll take a squirt of mustard or she'll drink some pickle juice to like yep. make those cramps go away oh, yep, and work. if no. i can get her to drink this stuff then you know i might not get randomly kicked in the middle of the night while i'm asleep yeah no charlie horses i used to get charlie horses in my calves real bad and you know it's because i'm on my feet all the time this so it's, little drink solves all of your problems and, and, you, and you can't o- overdose on it <laughs> and it's like i got it because it was keto friendly i was just like looking yeah. to stay no calories keto and all that stuff so no calories no sugar so if you're interested in trying it there'll be a link down in uh our show notes where you can go and click through and yes it's an affiliate link but we fully believe in it we think it's something that um if you're you know you like to have cocktails or you're working outside or you're working in your workshop and you want to have something that will uh energize you this is this is it i mean hydration is so key and it's changed the way i do i used to get so tired at three o'clock in the afternoon that was my thing three o'clock i'd be like ready for a nap i'd have to have a cup of coffee which by the way made me even more dehydrated now i just grab a bottle of this and it tastes good my favorite uh flavor which i think sarah's also favorite flavor is the orange it's like an orange kind of an orange soda yes okay so anyway, I'm I'm more than willing to give it a try because you know I mean it's it's hot and dry here so we don't have the humidity problems but the, that's the problem is the dry heat tends yeah. to dehydrate you worse. Yeah. Do you have uh, issues with like your knuckles getting uh, like cracking? Oh, dude, or, like, like finger. Like that's more winter time. The problem I have is um, like my shirts when I sweat, my shirts will have salt stains on them. Yeah, like yeah, I'm same with me. Sweating all the time, all the time. Me too. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and you think about it in terms of all of that salt that was in your body. That's all your electrolytes just basically yep. leaking that's out of right. your armpits and your back and everything. So well, and so dude, like most people, most people don't realize about electrolytes. Like that's what makes your nerves function. Oh yeah. So and the more electrolytes you lose, the less effective. Yeah, the less effective your nerve impulses are. 
Yeah, this is why people, when they get dehydrated, there's a risk of heart attack and all kinds of things. They stroke out. This is like a whole medical segment we tapped into here. It's so important. And in fact, it's changed the way my day goes so much that I feel like if everybody tried this, I think they'd get hooked on it just like I am and it would be a game changer for them. This Uh, is coming from somebody like you won't try anything with like a flavor in it. Like you just like straight up water and you think like flavors are all poison and neurotoxins and i know you hate it no he said he says that the other yeah. day i like squeezed like one of those little flavor things in my drink he's like you know those are neurotoxins Sarah. it's got sucralose in it that's sucralose why you have is a, a neurotoxin it is it's that's the truth stevia well, is a natural sweetener it's made by with a plant that's it's natural I, I think it's natural all right like, it's organic. So like some other it's organic like some other <laughs> I was guys like like some other plants that were banned for a long time because you know the wrong people, right? Them. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm with you. Hey, while I have uh, the space here, um, while Dan was talking about the cherry sorting machinery, were either of you picturing what I was like this impossibly complicated? Um, like nightmare before Christmas machinery and like, <laughs> yeah. like with arms coming crazy down ca- characters I, and robotic arms and like and living, living in a living, living in an agriculture area even though we don't have the the fruits uh, I'm actually pretty familiar with some of that equipment so like I I totally kind of figured it out as soon as you know because that's why I was asking if it was vibratory or air jet. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, know I get a little how bit about they're that. doing it. Yeah, yeah, that was that was like a fascinating mental journey for me, uh, Dan. When you were explaining that machinery, <laughs> Wait till you see the pictures. I was, it was like it was like, it was like Rube, Rube Goldberg meets Mousetrap. Yeah, I yeah. have to see a video of this machinery. It sounds so fascinating. It's just like Tim Burton with some Danny Elfman music in the background. <laughs> and, <laughs> that would be kind of cool, actually, yeah. to see all that stuff functioning. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dan, so tell me a little bit about Melbourne, Australia, and what the climate is like. Uh, so, is it subtropical like it is here? Um, probably it's not like, quite. Not not quite. I'm trying to think of... Is it, So, first, is Melbourne... Something to, is that... Because Sydney is South Australia. Is Melbourne... Is that the West Coast or the Gold Coast? Uh, no. So, Sydney is East... Okay, um, east would be similar to like North South Carolina, ah, right? Right. Okay. And we where we are would be more similar to Florida, I suppose you could put it. Um, or yeah, maybe, or like or like Houston, Houston, or yeah, probably more Houston actually. Um, okay. Yeah. So if you were to put it on a map, that's sort of how you would you would say it, I suppose. It'd be yeah, more like Houston. Um, not a, nowhere near as hot as Houston. Um, we do get hot days, but at the moment we're in the middle of winter. Um, I think it's about eight degrees Celsius outside at the moment. So I'm not sure what the conversion on that to Fahrenheit would be. It's 49. What is that? 29 Fahrenheit. Multiply by so three and add two or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's something like 24, that. 24, yeah. 26 degrees. That's kind of cold. So, so it says it's nine degrees over there right now. Nine is, degrees what? 40, Celsius? Yeah, which would yeah. be 49. 49 Fahrenheit. Us. So, yeah. So, it would... See, we don't get quite that... Well, I guess it is winter. We don't see 49 Fahrenheit here very often. Maybe. Yeah. Usually, yeah. Thanksgiving Day 
it's it's kind it's of in the 50s here yeah and every once in a while in december it, it See, cools down to the 50s 50 degrees is t-shirt weather where i'm from yeah i like 50 degrees in oh, fact I love uh 50. remember it the, went down to 42 i think two winters ago it was like all over the news and everyone's freaking out about their flowers and yeah. stuff yeah we, we have this rule here in florida we have a major highway that runs through the west coast of florida it's called 75 and it runs all the way up i think you can take 75 all the way to like new york or something or no it goes like west anyway if you're east of 75 there is risk of frost here and it's it's very light but we do get it but where we live we're west of it quite a ways and um you know we're we're about five you could you could drive to the beach in like five minutes from our house well see i I remember i remember going uh to fort benning and it was just at the end of april or may and we had a little cold snap and i was really surprised at just how chilly it was for, I mean, because Fort Benning, Georgia is like an hour from the coast. Hour and Fort a half, Benning maybe. is where? Like, what's it close to? Um, there's Phoenix City, Alabama is across the river. And uh, then, Panhandle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, so the pan, yeah, the Panhandle, they will see snow up there sometimes on a real cold day. They'll get uh, like Georgia, the whole thing. They'll like South Georgia. Tallahassee saw snow a couple of years ago, which is kind of kind of cool yeah okay yeah uh, yeah we get um just inland a little bit from me probably about 45 minutes um they get snow there pretty regularly every year um usually it'll snow here at about 500 meters uh so what's that about 1500 feet yep um depending you have that type of topography there you have like uh, yeah, hills yeah, and mountains yeah, and things. Yeah, okay. definitely. Um, it's a the area that I live in, um, southeast of Melbourne, is mainly a rural. Um, a lot of dairy farms, a lot of beef farms, sheep, um, and a lot of crops and stuff as well. Um, but quite hilly. Um, yeah, and it can go from you know sea level to. A few hundred so, meters, pretty pretty quick. Yeah, in in my mind, I'm just imagining like because like there's Outer Banks in North Carolina, but then if you go in an hour inland, it starts getting real hilly. Real, there's a lot of farmland. There's a lot of change in elevation, and it's just it's almost like a different microclimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changes really quick, um, and our seasons like a. a our daily weather can change really quick here. You know, it can be absolutely bitterly cold in the morning and then blue skies, sunny, you know, nice weather. Um, it, it does change really quick. The further north you get, the more stable the weather is. Um, you well, know, and you guys, you guys are, I mean, what is it? Like 95% of Australia's population is pretty much on the coastline. Yeah, we, we all live on the coast. Yeah. Um, there's just not, like, there, I mean, obviously it's not completely inhospitable, but I mean, it's like, it's, it's mostly like little tiny towns or. Yeah. In the inland, it's a lot of mining. Um, yeah. Mining based towns, basically. Um, a lot of gold, right? Yeah. A lot of gold, a lot of iron ore. Um, coal. A lot of coal. Um, all our, the majority of our power stations are all coal fired. 
um, despite what the the green community think about that. But <laughs> yeah, well, um, we still burn a lot of coal in the states. People yeah, don't realize yeah. this, but we do it. And, yeah. and, and there, there's a coal fired power plant my just state, north of us. My state produces more coal than Kentucky and West Virginia. Clean coal, baby. Clean coal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, I suppose. It's cheap, reliable power. So, you know, we have a lot of sun here, but um, solar solar and wind power, is, the technology is just not there yet. Yeah, I it's, agree. it's coming. It's coming. I, I agree. It's, it's uh, coming. But, yeah. I, uh, I, I think it's still, it's very much a Star Trek technology. I don't think we're anywhere close to what's actually uh, don't get me wrong i mean i like breathing fresh air and stuff but i think i you know it's like (laughs) it's like cold fusion cold fusion has been 20 years away for the last 20 years years. you know it's 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 a great idea but the reality is you you have to actually make it work and so far nobody's been able to make it work at the level of efficiency that's required to actually shift away from what we know works i had a i had an interesting conversation yesterday with a friend of mine who who uh is in my building where my workshop and my tech shop is and uh there was a knock on the door and uh this is a russian guy um his name is Ilya, and uh Uh-oh, he owns the, a the mob is visiting you you gotta watch oh, out yeah. for those russian oh, mobsters yeah. Here's a quick side story. The guy that owned my workshop, the building that I'm that I film all my YouTube stuff in, he was Russian mob, and uh, yeah, real interesting cat there. And his name uh, it was also Ilya, but it's a different Russian. I was guy. gonna say you and, might not yeah. want to if he really was. You might not want to put his name out there. He might not appreciate I, that. He got <laughs> deported. He's fine. He's he's somewhere else. But uh, but no, n- nice guy. But yeah, there was like it was like a, a lot of money, a lot of houses, a lot of cars and jets. Did he wear the Did he wear the tra- no- the tracksuit? It's what we call the, the Ukrainian tuxedo. My favorite. He was a very large man. He was probably I don't know, just over five feet tall, and he was probably like three hundred and twenty pounds. Oh yeah. But this guy was like he was a do-it-yourselfer. You know, he would work on his own cars and do all this stuff, and so he would sweat real bad. His go-to T-shirt was the the Kool-Aid Man. You know, the Kool-Aid <laughs> Man where he busts through the wall. Yeah. He he because he found it funny that he was so fat. You know, and he, he he was an interesting character. I really liked the guy, but there was no way in hell this guy had any money for any other reason other than being in the mob. I mean, it was just unbelievable the amount of money this guy had. So anyway. Uh, and 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 you can just tell when you meet somebody like how did you get all this? There's just absolutely you like, zero you, way. You like girls? We have lots of girls. Oh, trust me, that all all those conversations happen all the time. So uh, so anyway, uh, you know where the this guy knocks on my door. He says, "Hey, I'm doing a really interesting project right now, and um, maybe you'd want to film it for your YouTube uh, channel." By the way. A lot of people reach out to me for stuff like this. And what they don't realize is, is that I can't film everything and put it on my YouTube channel because, you know, it's, YouTube is so niche based. Like I can't just yeah. put stuff up there that really isn't, you know, in, in the fabrication world or like the grinder world. or Hashtag whatever. fight the power, Brian. Yeah, I could, but I'd lose. But uh, so so the so he says, you know, hey, I'm doing this thing and he wants to. So here's what he wants to do. He wants to convert his air conditioning system for his house and his pool pumps all to run on solar. Okay. 
And I thought, you know, hey, that's a great idea. But I've researched this a little bit because of amperage problems. You know, the um, cold start of an, like, say, an air conditioner is it pulls like I don't even know. It's over 100 amps. I mean, it, it, it like some of these big systems, you know, they can pull a lot of power yeah. all at once just to get started. You know, yeah. and then once they're running, they're like only pulling 20 amps. But um, so I, I'm filling him in on the, the, the electronic, you know, sort of the theory behind why what he wants to do is really difficult. You know, he thinks that he's going to be able to hook up power panel, like solar, solar panels to his basically hardwire them almost directly from the inverter without any batteries or anything. And I'm like, I just don't think you can do that. I, I mean, I don't know enough about it. I know enough to be dangerous, but I know like maybe a pool pump because those are DC powered, you know, they can, they can run um, off of a solar panel, but, an air conditioner, I don't think you could do it. I mean, I know I, you can do it if you have a big enough system with a big yeah, enough panel. I, I and find all the batteries I find that the people that are most easily swayed by this stuff are the people who understand science the least. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yes. just putting that out there for for whatever it's worth. Yeah, because we we in Florida we're sold on uh, solar power a lot, and I try to explain to people that. You know, FPL, which is the which is Florida Power and Light. They are the largest clean uh, power producing uh, conglomerate in the world. They produce more clean power than anyone else. But it's all produced in the deserts of uh, West Texas. It's Mm -hmm. really not produced here. Uh, and, and let's not get into understand. line losses and like, OK, so I just I just need to say this. I'm not trying to talk over you, but I just need to say this. What people don't realize is that all fossil fuels are solar power. They are literally derived from plants that took the power from the sun, converted it into carbon and then it sequestrated into these com- these deposits. Yeah, but this is the people, slingshot theory. People we don't like about. this. People don't like this because they don't like reality versus fantasy and it pisses me off because they just this is not a disney movie folks this is real life yeah facts don't care about your feelings yeah you're right and i think what people don't like is the greenhouse gases i think that's the problem and and fair enough but it's like i don't see any of these kids giving up their iphones i don't see any of them giving up they work they work for tech startups using vast amounts of power to create code so other people (laughs) on tiny little screens like it's like they don't understand how they're part of the problem that they complain about that's very true a lot of people have a hard time seeing the big picture i totally agree um yeah so all right all right i don't want to get on that tangent yeah, because yeah. clean power is a thing and we could have a whole podcast just on clean power oh absolutely. again i want to talk to dan about a couple i have a couple more questions about um a few things that i yeah. find interesting about dan so i know that you like uh skeet shooting and uh, uh target shooting and all those things and i yeah. was hoping you could kind of I've only done it a handful of times and um, you know, I've shared with you some of my experiences and some of my videos and stuff of just being up in Wisconsin with my brother-in-law and uh, you know, yeah, everybody up there has tons of guns and we're, you know, we're all, you know, um, hanging out and shooting skeet. And I had a blast by the way. Yeah. It's uh, awesome. Tell, yeah. Tell me about that. You, do you do that like competitively or what, what's your, what's your story? Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think when I got first got into it, um, it was probably about six years ago now. Um, I was right into me, um, me, me game fishing. Um, 
I worked in the marine industry building boats um, and I was I was right into the fishing sort of thing and um, we were going to go fishing one day with a mate and um, the weather turned bad and everything else and he said, oh, we might go out to the gun club, you know, do you, do you want to have a go? And I go, oh, yeah, I'll have a go. Um, I'd been duck shooting a couple of times with, with family and, and things like that. But um, never owned a firearm or had a gun license or anything like that. Um, so yeah, we went out to the gun club and yeah, I just got hooked on it straight away. Um, it's easy to get hooked on, but oh, absolutely, yeah. Because we we did it, and I, 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 a lot of people don't know this, but I'm blind in one eye, so one eye is like I have about twenty percent vision in my right eye, and I'm right yeah, hand okay. dominant. Yep. So I have to fire using my right hand but I have to sight using my left and you wouldn't yeah, believe how difficult that, that is, is. A challenge. Yeah. So the first, like, I don't know how many did I miss? Like the first, like four or five, I think I missed. Yeah. I yeah. think you missed five. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I locked in and then yep. you didn't miss it all. After and I that. didn't miss it yeah. all. I yeah. was just having an effing blast. Yeah, I mean, literally yeah. a blast. It was so, so Dan, do you prefer using over under or side by side or do you use like a pump? Um, so yeah, that's the whole Australian gun law thing. Um, pump actions and semi-autos are very hard to obtain in Australia. Um, so over and under for competition shootings, the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our gun laws here are super strict. Um, so what's the difference if I want a side-by-side barrel versus an over-under? Like what, why would that be restricted? Well, because with a side by side, you're literally there's a bead on each barrel, whereas over under, uh, you're it, you're drawing the same sight line each time. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I mean, other than that, it's not really. It's not that different. No, I wouldn't think. It's it's not it's not different. I I shoot with both. There's um like a what we call field and game or sporting um they'll do side-by-side competitions where you can only use a side-by-side um but predominantly what what we shoot in skate we all shoot over and unders um is it uh 12 gauge uh in, in skate um the the main gauge is 12 gauge but we do shoot um 20 28 and the 410 as well Oh, okay. Um, Four ten. Yeah, it's a sweet little gun. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's got everybody's got a hard on for big shit, and it's like, I I like the little stuff that's just as effective. It forces you to actually be better, not just throw more shit at the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty eight gauge is my favorite. Um, That's sweet. That's also kind of a rare caliber, though, or rare. Yeah, um, yeah. it is and it isn't. Um, like we we don't use uh, uh, some people do, but predominantly we don't use a separate gun. We'll have um, tube inserts, mm-hmm. or some some guys will have um, a set of barrels for one action. Okay, interesting. Um, I didn't even yeah, know it's possible. Kind of, kind of yeah, like a Thompson contender gun. style. Um, I suppose, um, yeah, basically you have one action and so one stock, one action, yeah, one, one four and, and, um, basically you'll swap the barrels out. Everything's interchangeable and everything's weighted the same. Yeah. So there's the, no the closest, the closest comparison in America would be a Thompson contender style action. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
like the I, I shoot an American gun. I shoot a Kohler. Um, okay. And they do a tube system as well. They make their own tubes for them. I'm running Briley tubes in mine out of um, out of Houston. And um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. I just sort of got hooked on it, and then I, I went like to a, a comp. Sorry, what was sorry, that? I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just. I was going to ask you: Do you like a tight choke, a loose choke? Uh, so for skeet, we usually shoot zero to five thou, so fairly open. Okay. Um, some of the other disciplines, you'll run a um, uh, anywhere from improved, modified up to full, depending on what what it is. Um, but skeet, it's all pretty close range um crossing targets at oh, i can't even remember what the probably what the measurements meters are or 20 meters yeah something like that yeah. yeah um so you run a fairly open choke i i predominantly shoot um a cylinder choke in the bottom barrel and five thou which is classed as a skeet choke in the top barrel mm-hmm. um People run different things, have different ideas and theories about that, but um, well, it's, it's some of that's kind of superstition. Like uh, oh, I can't yeah, wash these yeah. socks because I I won the last game with these, so I'm yeah, gonna wear yeah. these dirty socks until we lose. Yeah, some I got sucked will, into. Will have, uh, have you Have you guys ever heard of the the Bond uh, arms? Uh, they're like small pistols that uh, have a interchangeable barrel system yeah. that you can put shotgun shells in. Yeah. Have you seen yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got sucked into, if you just search on Instagram, like Bond Arms, you'll find, like, that that that, that guy that started that that uh, making those guns, it's super uh, inspiring to me because it's, like, small business, and, you know, the guy kind of created a firearm and, and then it just blew up, and he started making guns, and it was it was very very inspiring. If you if if you want to learn about somebody that did it, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I guess I I I've, I I'm, it's close to my heart because it's the same way that I'm doing my businesses and stuff. Is that uh, you know the guy just freaking worked for it? You know, he went out, he had an idea, and just decided to make it and make it and create it and do all that. But it's an innovative idea. I I really like uh, the fact that I can buy. Uh, a pistol and then there's all these accessories that go along with it that change the caliber of the gauge whatever it might mm-hmm. be and i'll shoot mm-hmm. multiple different types of rounds mm. and um because i can't see real well i always think like it would be really nice to have a small pistol that would fire like you know um a, a shotgun shell 410 you know? will fit in a 45 colt bud yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's the same concept right uh except this is a pistol so you know, or actually a, what it's a 45 colt uh, yeah that's a pistol right that's a wheel gun yeah. son that's a wheel gun so uh you know I, I i think to myself like you know there's so much that i don't understand about firearms because i'm not a gun guy i've never been a gun guy i own They're guns. just another tool brian it's it's another tool you're right um my, my favorite gun so far is a glock 19 40 caliber i really like that gun that's it's like the only thing i don't like about gun. glocks is they're so fucking fat i don't like a big fat hand they're nice and thick with three c's i like that and i like well see the (laughs) thing is thick boy i I, here's the thing about my glock right i have a concealed carry license so i can can, i can carry a a weapon on me uh, at any time except for like a bar restaurant that serves alcohol there's like a few government buildings i can't carry it yeah uh and whose glock is that well that's your glock but i love that guy i've i've 
my dad has the same gun, so I, I'm very familiar with it. But yes, I, I, I love that I, gun. I like you. I like you popping in there with that, Sarah, because my wife is like I, you know I've I've shot my whole life, but like my wife, she's the fucking marksman in the family. Like that's cool. I'm, Sarah's I'm good. probably I'm fired good. more rounds she's, than I am. She's dangerous with a firearm, and in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, and Sarah's probably put more rounds through a barrel than I have ever done. But I, I, I like I like the fact that I can carry one, and uh, in the great state of Florida, you know, I'm able to do that. And um, and, I, and there's been times in my life where I felt like I needed to carry one. And, uh, really? and, and the, yeah, that, yeah, but I had some, some negative interactions with some people in my life at one time, like an employee that kind of had some mental health problems mm. and I had to let them go. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of th- threats, you know, and, uh, this guy's like ex military, six, four, oh, okay. you know, yeah. he, he's, he's, you know, very, uh, aggressive person. And it was just nice to know that I could protect myself if I needed to. Not that I, that ever happened. He never did anything. It was just all talk. But it was nice. It was a comforting thing for me yeah. to be able to carry a weapon if I needed it. Yeah, and, that was uh, um, that was something that um, was really weird to us. Um, a couple of years ago, we we shot the world skate titles out of San Antonio, and um, you know, uh, talk- Texas gun laws. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and they're um, great. They're similar to ours, but talking even talking more loose. to a, a few of the guys there. Um, it was just weird to us that, you know, we're, we were at a gun club and everyone's walking around with a shotgun, but some of the guys there, oh, yeah, he'll have a concealed weapon on him. Or, and you go, why? You know, it, it was just really strange yeah. to us. So, like, we, we can't have handguns in Australia. Yeah. Um, so you can't even own one? I'm sorry. Can you? Can you? You so you can't own a handgun. Um, you, you can, but it, it's very, it's very difficult, um, and it's a, it's a lot of work and a hassle to own one. Um, no firstly, kidding. you need to be a member of a pistol club. Um, so yeah, you guys you do don't have any self defense exemptions, do you? No. Oh God, no, no. Um, so yeah, but no, do the criminals like? Let me ask you something. Do like if somebody goes in and robs don't a bank? Criminals follow laws, Brian. No, I, I'm aware criminals. of that. That's why. That's why I asked this question is because, you know, like I grew up in Illinois, which is like a, a very uh, anti-gun state. You, you know, it's hard to own a gun in Chicago. Uh, although all the criminals around me had Tech Nines and all these like crazy guns, and and I thought, think to myself, like these countries that lock down firearms so much. I'm like, well, the criminals don't give a shit. They they'll yeah. they'll do whatever they want. So, do you see that there's still gun violence in um, Australia? Or it's or it's definitely like? not as um, as bad as what you would see in the U.S. Um, oh, it's not that bad. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to justify things, but we have ten times your population. Oh, if you, if you adjust for based. yeah, if you adjust for those those ratios, our gun yeah, violence uh, comes back down. That's yeah, absolutely. Everything is population we're, based. We're a nation of extremes. We're you know, like if you're like Brian, you've got a Puritan work ethic, whereas I'm a little more slacker based. I do what I need to do, but I don't try to go overboard. And then yep. it's the same thing with like guns. You've got guys that they've got guns coming out of every orifice. And then there are other people like, oh, guns are scary. And it's like, I try to take a more balanced, nuanced approach yeah, to life. Yeah. yeah. 
But it's yeah, it's one of those things. It's a pistol. I know I've I've looked at going down that avenue of you know becoming a member of a pistol club and and owning pistols and all that sort of thing. But yeah, actually, when you when you become a member of a club, first you have to be accepted by the club. So if they don't like you, you're not getting in. Um, and then it's a twelve month waiting list to go and actually purchase your first first pistol it's so you three days in the great yeah, great uh, country of the u.s you can you can buy a gun and have it in your hand in three days 30 so, years to, ago it was three minutes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Buy it. so yeah to buy a pistol your your first pistol it's a 12 month waiting list wow um and you the, the club has to actually approve that you're that that you can go and buy one uh, so then it's a whole different set of rules to store it. Um, so you can't just keep it in the same safe that you would keep your shotgun in or a center fire rifle or something like that. Um, and then you have to be seen to be using it at the club. I think it's nine times a year. So you would have to shoot or compete at your club Nine nine months out of the year, I suppose. Yeah, um, or at least every five weeks. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've actually, and if you don't register those those shoots, then it's you have it taken off you. You have your license taken off you. Um, so it's actually a lot of work to to own one. Um, to legally own one. Yeah, to legally yeah, own one. To yeah. legally own one, but you know, you can go and buy one on the black market. <laughs> unregistered you know like the criminals do that um, see and that's but that's precisely my point about you know over regulation versus under regulation when we over regulate america is like the innovators when it comes to black market we 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 have many proven examples of every time we over regulate something the unintended consequences are far worse than the justifications so like yeah you guys have a black market. It's 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 like a free for all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the wild, wild west yeah. in the states. It, it, a lot of people think we have like we're overregulated, and there's also it, it, uh, when you really boil down what we you know freedom in America. I mean, it is uh, it, we have a lot of freedoms here, and uh, and a lot of people fight very hard. To keep those freedoms and ensure that they're here and stay here. And whether or not those freedoms are, are, you know, justifiable or whatever, we just purely want to have the, the, the right to hurt ourselves, hurt others. You know, there's all this stuff that like, it just, to me, it's, it's like, I, I empathize with it because I'm a big freedom proponent. I love America. You know, well, it, I think it it's all great. comes down to it all comes down to self responsibility, Brian. If people if people well, yeah, that's are problem. self responsible, meaning they don't have to have someone telling them what to do, then a lot of those problems go away. It's when people want to be careless and ignorant and and glorify yeah. in that ignorance and that lack of self control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have every shade of that here where and, and that's, again, the beauty of America. I think it's it's the diversification that we have here that makes America great, you know, 
Give us your tired, your poor, your hungry. We'll take everybody. And as you know, long that's as what they're got. not brown. And, yeah, well, yeah, it is what it is. I think I think it's becoming less and less of that, though, which, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I just I think didn't it's, see color. I just, I just think it's funny. We put red people on reservations after we took their land. And, you know, it's fine if we have the brown people working in the fields so we can get food cheap. But then it's like they're taking our jobs. And it's like, no, that's not really how that works. But what hey, I find it's a is- convenient talking point. Yeah, it is. And I, here's what I find. The older I get, the assholes are the loudest. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. And, and they don't tep- typically represent everyone. No, However, no, they absolutely sound not. like they do. Ab- yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, they yeah. they they have the tallest they have the tallest uh, bully pulpit and they they've got their bullhorn and they're just constantly ramming this you know garbage rhetoric yeah the garbage rhetoric and it's it gets old because it's pretty much all you ever hear yeah i'm a little over it to be honest and in fact like social media is like crushing me because i you know i use it for business marketing right and i right. use it to to you know um engage and help people every day and uh just recently i've gotten a few messages where people are like hey man i asked you a question a few days ago didn't hear back you didn't even read my message and it's like i've been involved i've been hardcore trying to avoid social media because yeah it's it's really tough to like you know listen to the or like i I go on there to like answer a question about a motor and then i have to read some sort of you know racial you know bipartisanship thing and you know i don't i don't want to hear your opinion on it because you're not really an authority on it so I just want to talk about knives and fabrication and motors. And and, I think that's the thing about the vast majority of not only Americans, but people worldwide. We have, we're really not that divided. We're really, I I don't like the term moderate, but I think most of us are far closer to the middle than the outside edges. You know, we're, we're more concerned about things like, you know, keeping a roof over our head, putting food in our bellies, um, putting a little money away, trying to have a little more fun on our days off stuff like that and and less about the hate 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 or the my team's better than your team you know yeah the yeah. hate gets really uh it, it sucks the energy out of you and when and whenever i whenever i talk to somebody that has like kind of that you know, I really hate this or I really hate this group or I really hate these people that are doing this I'm like isn't this exhausting like why don't you you know focus on something else like go to, go take that energy and like I think it goes you know. back to like you know our previous conversations about you saying you know when somebody goes off on you sideways on social media you, you got to figure they're probably not doing all right in their private life I totally agree speaking of that I don't know if you guys saw the release of the video that I put out uh, this week about the, the fine-tuning tracking mechanism that I, yeah, had I, const- I watched it. Yeah, I watched it yesterday, I think. Yeah, so it works. And, uh, numerous, what? That's uh, not possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and here's what I find even more interesting. On the same Facebook group where I was told by, I don't even know, it must have been like 20 different people. That it would not function. That it would not. Yeah, work. I saw that. I... And then it works. I post a video about it. Crickets. Crickets. Like Nothing. nobody even yeah. comes up to say, "Hey, man, it's so cool to see that it worked." Blah blah blah. 
And uh, I even like trolled a couple of the guys. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to tag you in this video so you can see how well it works. You know, yeah, and, uh, yeah, they yeah. noped right out of that situation. Uh-huh. It's yeah, um, yeah, I, it's I, like, I found the same thing with the um, the grinder I designed. Um, I just there were so many comment negative comments about things that probably didn't even really matter. But um, right, I just. I got to the point with it, and I thought, "Nah, I'm probably not really going to post anything on this page anymore." Just for the that's fact that's what they that want, I, though, Dan. I that's what they yeah, want. Yeah, I know, but um, it's just the whole thing. I just really can't be bothered with it. <laughs> well, and and I get that, you. but it's also it's a loss for the rest of us when good ideas aren't propagated. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing, Dan. Your design is friggin fantastic i mean it is it is innovative and it's you know you can do it all you can cut it all in plate steel like look man like the here's the way i see it and we talked about this on the last podcast where it was like why do i even do this shit to myself where i post my prototypes and because you're a fucking masochist that's it man i know i know but there's the other part of me that just wants to prove them wrong and I'm like, you know what? This can be done. And I hope like some young person goes on those forums, sees all that interaction, sees me going, you know, hey, this is it. This is what, you know, what I'm doing. And, and then all this adversity, you know, all the pile on and, you know, whatever else. And then and then the comeback kid all within like, you know, two or three different days, they can see this uh, this this story unfold on on a social media platform because what happens here's here's what's happening is the the the, and i always think of it in terms of lord of the rings right you've got you know these little guys the hobbits they're running they're doing their thing they're like trying to save the world right they're doing their thing and then you got the orcs who are constantly chasing them and like bashing at them and hitting them and they they don't give up they just keep Mm -hmm. moving forward and and it and it's an inspiring story and i hope that uh, people see that and go every single thing in your life there's going to be the orc that is going to come after you the troll who's going to come after you from under the bridge and he's going to tell you you can't do it or tell you your idea is bad and then we need, and then we need far more of that inspiration and a lot less it, of the negative it, bullshit because like dan said now he's not even sharing the stuff because which is a loss for people it that are loud assholes totally because the 2% <laughs> Because the two percent, yeah, you know, and we miss out on this this amazing thing that this person put together because, you know, these assholes come in because they're you know whatever their their dad didn't spend enough time with them or whatever it is. And <laughs> My I don't even know why they love these me. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't even know why where these people come from. Oh, like, they, I, they're sad, you know. They, they, they just crawl out of the woodwork because they've just been waiting for an opportunity to shit on someone else. Yeah, and that's what they want. They want guys like Dan to go. Well, it's not worth it. I'm not even going to go ahead and like promote it. And it's and to me that's like it, well, it's and like it's robbing it's, the world. Well, and it's dangerous. It goes back to that freedom thing. If you let the negative, the negative, uh, non-productive members of society, they want to hold us back. If it were if it were up to the negative Nancys, we'd still be living in the Stone Age. We need people and you like know why. Dan out there pushing a little bit and saying, no, I'm not going to allow you to silence me. And you know why this occurs It's because they want to make you feel inadequate. 
so they can mean meanwhile they, themselves they're, they're nursing better. they're nursing an inadequacy that's like you know it, they're they carrying it that. around it, it in a wagon behind them right so dan i encourage you to keep pushing the stinger because yes, that is please. a fantastic design and i i love it in fact i stole a couple of pieces in the next grinder that i'm building i stole a, like that nesting thing that you did with the the lid on top of the receiver arms i love that i was like man that's a great idea like it yeah. reduces an enormous amount of of uh of uh fabrication that's needed and welding that's needed and so you, you did a great job and and i want people to know that you know if 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 you come up with a concept or an idea share it because you know it the world is going to tell you some steal of it. yeah <laughs> i will steal it and profit from it that's yeah yeah all, all day long i'm yeah. just uh, teasing no, it's um, no it's, seriously dan please please don't give in to the don't let the shitheads win yeah i'm sort of like at the point in my life where um i've got enough experience um in this this field of designing and building things regardless of what it is i think um i can pretty much take an idea put it on solidworks and um you know have it up and running within a few days really um that that's uh one of the things i was so impressed with dan was the fact that okay you uh uh post a picture of your drawing yeah uh on on social media and then probably within a week yeah i think it was a week it was it was you had it built yeah you had it built and i'm like this guy's a, a serious contender because a lot of people they they draw these things up and they're they're concepts for a long time yeah. and then maybe they never get produced and in your case it was concept to production in less than a week you had one made and running yeah and that impressed me a lot and i thought you know what that idea needs to be shared. So, yeah, it Ryan, is. Ryan, sorry to interrupt. I'll be back yeah, in a ahead. second. I have to step away. I'll be back in a second. Sorry. Hey, no problem. No problem. No problem. So, um, so tell Dan, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is are you, you're starting kind of a side concept uh, business where you're designing some tools and the stinger two by 72 belt grinder, which uh, I think is fantastic is part of that. But then you also did uh, like a, uh, the, the, the big wheel machine that yeah, sort the of English rolls wheel, around, yeah, the yeah. English wheel and, and, and a couple of other things like a fabrication table. What are your goals with that? What are you going to do with that? Um, at this point in time, I'm not 100% sure. I've got some ideas um, that I want to I want to get up off the ground. Um, basically, I've got a computer full of, you know, SolidWorks assemblies that I've designed over the years. Um, and it's really just a take on different machines that you can already buy, but... Um, but Probably. they're like really unique takes, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You're, I'll, you're I'll, designing things that are that are you can fabricate very easily. Yeah, which yeah. I think is what your goal is. Yeah, um, I, I sort of like the idea of being able to 
um, supply a product that, um, okay, you might be a novice, you know, metal fabricator or you might be, you might be a, a, you know, 20 years experience metal fabricator, um, but you don't have access to the equipment that, that I have access to. Um, so you can either, you know, buy the parts, um, have them or have them laser cut, and then without too much hassle, assemble it, weld it together. Um, and the way I design things is that they they nest together quite easily and they normally um, nest together square and true as well. Um, so there's not a lot of um, fabrication techniques that are required to, you know, make the thing square. Um, usually they, they'll pull themselves together reasonably square without too much trouble. And um, I suppose that's a little bit of the unique part of it. But, um, yeah, I, I've re- actually registered the the Stinger brand under my, um, my business registration. Um, so whether I take it any further and start selling the, the grinder or the English wheel or the other couple of things I've, I've got it on the go at the moment. Um, I'm not sure whether that'll happen yet or not, but, um, yeah, I think more for me, it's just, I, I, I enjoy designing and building stuff. Um, which is a bit of a problem in the same time because I can have up to 20 projects on sure. the go at once. Um, yeah. you know, and I'm I one of those guys that. that I'll, I'll see something, um, or I'll have an idea for something and it'll annoy the shit out of me until I put it on paper. And sometimes when I put it on paper, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've done that. I can build that. I'm going to move on to the next one. Um, the grinder was a little bit different. I It was actually me and a, a, a mate. Um, he wanted to get into knife making. Um, and I said, oh, have you seen these grinders that everyone builds? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've seen them. I'm, I'm keen to build one. And, um, like, I'm not a knife maker or anything like that, but I looked at it and thought, oh, I could probably use this in my everyday life just to deburr material, you know. They're such a versatile machine. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And um, so, you know, I, I did, I suppose, what everyone else does, you jump on the internet, you start having a bit of a look around, um, joined a couple of Facebook groups, you know, and that's, you know, where I met you, obviously, and I saw your design, I thought, yeah, that's pretty much ticks all the boxes, and, um, you know, brought the plans off here, and I looked at it, and I thought, yep, I could do this, but I've sort of got a different idea in my head of how I want to approach it and put it together. Um, so I pretty much, yeah, that same day, I had had the con- like a working model in SolidWorks, you know, pretty much finished, ready to cut. And then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll post some pics and get some feedback and had some awesome feedback, um, things that I hadn't really thought about. And I suppose that's the beauty with designing on... Um, on CAD-based software is it's so easy just to change things and, you know, without having to waste material and, you know, you would have experienced it yourself, you know, going from the software you were using into Fusion 360. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you can sort of design as you, as you go um, without having to cut 
a single piece Saves of material. Saves loads of time. Loads oh, of time. It's, yeah, it, it really is. Um, By the, the time I send that, that G code to my CNC, yep. it's 95% yep. there. Yep. Whereas if I would have just, you know, the original uh, prototype of the revolution was done in SketchUp. Yep. And I didn't have a CNC, so I hand cut everything. I printed, you know, on paper and then uh, just used a cut off wheel and then cut everything by hand. Yep. And yep. I still use that, by the way. I use that prototype every day. Yeah. And, I, and it works fine. You know, it, it functions. Um, it's not true. It's not perfect, but it works, you know, and that yeah, was yeah. like the concept, you know, it's like, okay, if I can do that there, well, you, you got know, to start but, somewhere, you got to start some, yeah. somewhere. And then also, uh, you know, then, then like give a guy like me a little bit of experience in SketchUp and then hand me fusion like, uh, the Langmuir guys did. They were like, hey, you know, you need to use Fusion. Like, the, you know, you need to get away from SketchUp. I think even you, Dan, had mentioned like numerous times, like you got to get the fuck out of this. Like, you're you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're drawing shit up, and and it's and you need you're obviously can do this. You just need to learn a different piece of software. Yeah. Once I got into Fusion, it was game over. I mean, I could design anything. I felt like I, you know, I picked up a. I, I went from like level five to level hundred. Yeah. And then and then. Right, the, the D&D like, nerd. Yeah, yeah. And then and I was then, thinking more of like an seven. MS Paint to Photoshop. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's true. It's that's like very, an MS very Paint. similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very similar. And then so when I posted the images of the tracking mechanism that I just put together to uh, social media, and all these people told me it was it wasn't possible or it wouldn't work. I already knew it would work, you know, because yeah. yeah. I knew it would. What's and, that? and it was. It What's, worked in CAD, so it would work in real life. So, yeah. uh, you know, I come from a completely, it sounds weird, but as a machinist, I don't really do drawings. I mean, I've had to modify stuff like on Mo Mastercam or whatever, but like I really don't CAD. Uh, the last time I touched CAD was SolidWorks and God, that was 2005. A lot of people still use SolidWorks. Yeah, well, it's, it's yeah solid I love it. Software. So it's the industry I, standard. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyways, go, going forward, uh, what what's that called when uh, you can you can do an individual design and then you can link it to other objects? But if you like scale one, it affects the others. What's that called? Uh, Component mating. or mating? Yeah. Component yeah. or mating. Uh, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Or it's render. just not the word I'm thinking of. Anyways, I, I just wanted to input that I think Dan uh, having tons of ideas in your back pocket is a great idea because a lot of times other ideas will feed off existing ideas that you have and oh then, absolutely yeah and then two the the ability to iterate quickly really makes the difference between the ability to actually improve something versus mm. uh like you, you don't want to get into a situation where it's like you're constantly frittering with it you know you got to shoot the engineer at some point but the yeah. ability to iterate gives you actual hands-on experience and go okay this works but what if i did something that makes it that much better like th that is so much more powerful compared to like i don't i don't know there there are certain designs that work but i i see some designs for old school tools that really haven't changed in 50 years and i'm like i i think that they're really 
they've really dropped the ball by not making improvements using newer technology. I totally agree because I, I feel like every time I see something and Sarah, I, Sarah rolls her eyes at me all the time when I say these words, the design is off. The, the, mm. There's something wrong with this. This, this could be redesigned and work so much better. Yeah. Like the ice maker in my refrigerator. Like, I'm just like, this is a hunk of shit. How are these things still functioning? Because like, it's why it's people, probably literally a recycled 70s design. And nobody has sat down yeah. in CAD and redrew it. Oh, no. I mean, that's they, literally They it. figured out how to cheapen all the parts. So the, the what used to be pot metal parts are now plastic parts. And what used to be stampings are probably now like drawn wire, uh, it, yeah, bent, it, bent it, wire assemblies and shit like that. But So they've cheapened it, but they haven't actually improved the design. No, not at all. And, Why and, don't you prototype something for the ice maker then? I, yeah, I don't want the to make ice, ice maker two thousand. <laughs> the revolution ice maker coming twenty twenty one, happening now. It would be nice. You, you sounded very movie tone there. Very. Yeah. I, I could do that. I could do that voice. But so in it, a world, it, it, changing the landscape of <laughs> ice makers everywhere. Brian House approaches. The ice maker. I love it. All right. I love all, right. It. all right. All right. All right. So what I wanted to say about Dan, because we're, we, we are now an hour and a half into the show. But what I wanted to say about Dan is when you see somebody's work and what they're doing with their life and you see kind of like the energy they put into it. Dan is one of those guys that uh, I don't know. I've never met him face to face, but I feel like I know him because I've looked at his work and I've seen his designs. And then we've had these offline conversations back and forth talking about different things. We've designed similar machines. And um, he he's like one of those guys that's like a prolific sort of redesigner. He sees things and then he sees the flaws and he says, I can do that better mm. and I can make it better. And here's how I'm going to do it. And then he goes and fucking does it yeah. in my head. So, like, I think to myself, there's very few guys that can look at something and say there's a there's a flaw here or it could be cooler. Maybe I'd, I'll design a two by 72 that looks like a scorpion and then I'll make it function and then I'll make it look and run really cool and then I'll build it. And there's so few guys out there that could actually do that. And Dan is one of those those guys. And that's why I respect him so much. And I appreciate his work because, um, you know, there's so many folks out there that think they can do it and try to do it and 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 can't. And and you know what, man, this, this Dan, you you have all my respect. And I, I want you to know that I, I see you and I want you to know that I like I, I'm inspired by you every day. So, oh, cool. You know, when, Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope uh, one day you and I will get a chance to sit down, drink some alcohol mm. and fire some fucking firearms together yeah. <laughs> because that's how men bond. Right. Yeah, and and some right. women, of course. Uh, yeah, what's, absolutely. What's the old joke about ATF? Sounds like a party. Alcohol. Firearms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that does sound like an ideal party. And I've been to a few of those myself. Uh, I'm sure you guys have as well. So, uh, but, uh, but listen, uh, it, we're at an hour and 32 and uh, we're trying to keep us, uh, you know, sort of in that window over an hour. And okay. A half. But, but before oh, you, you got before, something to say, 
Yeah. You okay. you wanted me Go to bring this up, so I do. I do. This, this this is a positive outcome that started because of a rant. Let's hear it. Okay, I so I, I've been try I've been trying to get a custom table for my plasma table built by Certiflat, uh, WellTables.com, and uh, I I get it. They're they're busy with the big. They've got a big contract with uh, Chrysler, and they're trying to get that out. And they've got a limited number of people. But basically, they're like, oh, yeah, your idea won't work because reasons. And I was like, no, all you got to do is this. And they're like, oh, well, if you draw something up, I'll take a look at it. And I'm like, no. I was like, if I got to do your work, why am I paying you for engineering fees? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm like, and what's this bullshit about we take custom orders, but you don't? I was like, I've been trying to, I've called you in December. I called you in February. I called you in May or April. Uh, and uh, and like finally I got a hold of I told you this story a while ago I got a hold of Joe and Joe got me calmed down and everything so anyways I I decided well they're not going to go for my custom table idea because you know I, I get that it's your business but like to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about as if I've never built anything just fucking irritates me to, to, well, that's ninety yeah. percent of the population, yeah. to be fair. And it's like, yeah. okay, you might you might be smart and you own the laser, but that doesn't mean you have any. Like, you're not even taking the time to listen to me. So, like, so, anyways, I'm building a plasma table out of these three sort of flat. They've got a plasma table design, but it's it's like two by three, two by four, three by four. I'm like, th that's not even a convenient cut size for actual sheets that you get from a supplier i'm like it, it needs yeah, to be four by true. four at the minimum yeah, or four by eight now it's like realistically a five by ten but that takes up a lot of space so yada yada yeah yeah so yeah. anyways so i'm i'm basically ranting to the sales guy about this i'm like you know it's it's like i'm trying to give you money and you guys are coming up with reasons not to take my money like like I, I appreciate that you're not just like, sure, we'll take your money. I'm like, but it, it's kind of insulting, too, because it's like you don't really respect my time or the, the effort I put into, like, my research and everything. And he's like, he's like, hey, I'm just a sales guy. And, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm you know, I, he's like scared of you at this point. He's like, <laughs> and he's yeah. like you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. He's like, but you got to understand I they don't listen to me, not in that regard. There, there are certain things that I can suggest, but I can't. I'm a salesperson. I can't force that, and you know, yada yada yada. And I do understand with the whole COVID situation, and and you've got a especially a job for like a, a Chrysler plant that that could be your capital that keeps you running for the rest of the year. So I understand that you know, a couple of three hundred fifty dollar tables is not going to keep the lights on. I'm curious you know to what know mean? what they're doing for Chrysler. Right, right. So I, I get yeah, it, I but at too. the same time, I'm really kind of curious. annoyed because, you know, fucking they send a free one to Jimmy Duresta, but I'm trying to give them my cash, and it's like, oh, well, you know, bullshit excuse, bullshit excuse, justification, you know, and it's like fucking annoys me because I'm like, like, I, I want your product. I don't like a lot of the plasma tables that are out there in the market because I, I feel like you're being way overcharged for what you're receiving. So anyway, do you do you have um, laser cutting facilities close by? Uh, yes and no. Uh, the pr the problem is is that uh, the minimum cut quantity is so big it's just not worth it. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I if I was if sheet. I was willing to like go in on my own design. 
and and be like, okay, I'm going to dedicate twelve thousand dollars to get X amount of tables built the way I want them. It would be yep. one thing, but until I build one, I don't know. You know, that's the thing. I'm willing to take a risk for myself. I'm not willing to make my customers be my product testers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. I'd, I'd be interested in having a look at drawing it up for you just for shits and giggles. Hey, hey that's that's an excellent Dan idea. Dan can draw and, it up in like yes, five and, minutes. And I will, I will get a hold of you after this. So, yeah, of course. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to screw you off. I'm just trying to get this story out real quick so that Brian can tidy everything up. Yeah. Um, so the 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 salesman like blew me out of the water because I was not expecting this because I'm I'm basically I'm being a little bit of a Karen here, but well, to be fair, this this isn't like this isn't like a sense of entitlement. It's like motherfucker, I'm trying to give you cash. What is wrong with you? You know, <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, frustrating, isn't that it? Is yeah, rule yeah. one: don't make it hard for your customers to give you their money. It's yeah. step one in any business. Yeah, so make it super easy. So I did. I didn't even realize until I go to to give him the credit card information to pay the bill. Chris, over there at Certiflat, WellTables dot com, he knocked five hundred and sixty dollars off my bill as a way because to- he probably appreciated your feedback. I would imagine. I, I, I'm I'm hoping that's what it is, unless they've got like a, a Karen code where you know that's a. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, Karen code increases the price. I'm yeah, just saying. You, you, I mean, yeah, usually. But I, so I was blown away that this guy was concerned enough about my experience that he was willing to give me a. a, a it was a rather significant discount. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, a I, I, I am not going to bitch about that. So that's that's one of the things that's coming up is they're going to they're going to manufacture the parts. Uh, I, I'm going to manufacture a CNC plasma table using some of their existing parts, but I'm going to have to do some reengineering to make everything work. But so they're going to they're going to get that laser cut and sent out to me in the next couple of weeks. But I just I again again, this is a second time. I want to put out there to the listeners, despite my frustrations, Certiflat, a.k.a. WellTables.com, has twice now given me excellent customer service and gone far and above what I feel like they should have done financially. I I wish they were a little more responsive to, like, my actual requests. But I'm hoping that in the future we can work this out and that maybe... There will be at some point a either a genuine Certiflat edition plasma table or a you know like how uh, Trick Tools does or is it Mittler Brothers that does a Jamie Jordan uh, edition bead roller. Oh, okay. Yep. 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 Uh, I, I, I would I would like a Trent Hill edition plasma table. <laughs> so we, 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 I'd rock that. Yeah, because I I just think that. Uh, and it's going to be a learning experience. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I know what I like about plasma tables. I know what I don't like. But I think what I'm going to end up with here in a few weeks when I start playing around with the pieces, I think I'm going to end up with a better... It's going to be better than a hobbyist table, but it won't be true industrial quality. But I think it'll be a better bang for the buck compared to other platforms out there. 
Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, you sounds like you put a lot of thought into it, so that's good. I mean, I, I, I'm actually uh, prototyping something right now that I couldn't do unless I had a CNC plasma table. And uh, that is a uh, – do you guys know what a, a rotary platen oh, is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. So <clears> – <throat> That's going to be a sweet upgrade. Yeah. That is uh, something – Oh, you do. Okay, yeah. It, it, it's it's a, a high. If, for if for those of you who do not know what this 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 device is, it's essentially like a soft rubber belt that like spins on some roller bearings and uh, uh, roller wheels that that kind of go in a in addition to the the belt the the abrasive belt, and uh, they're they're pretty expensive. And uh, and and so now I'm learning why they're so expensive. You know, my, my initial research digging into them i was like why are these things like five hundred dollars like i did not understand because they're worth it they are worth it and 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 it's a it's four roller bearings oh yeah okay and and so that right there plus all the other components that go into it you know but i think i can do it i think i can do it for cheaper and i'm going to try to do it and we'll see how it goes but uh but yeah that's what i'm kind of prototyping right now that's my next prototype and then after that it'll be the uh, 24 ton press that'll be the next uh oh, you're gonna do a shop press yeah i'm gonna do a uh, uh an h frame 24 ton hydraulic uh press like uh, a quick recovery yeah like an air press. over hydraulic or a manual uh, it'll be a manual yep. uh, hyd- uh, hydraulic. No, yep. no air. Yeah, yep. yeah, no air. It'll but are be you gonna, powered by a three phase? I was gonna say, is it gonna be like the bottle jack type, or are you gonna use the type where it's the hand pump and the ten thousand psi cylinders? Uh, it'll be hand pump uh, ten thousand psi cylinders, yeah. but they'll be hydraulic. Yeah, yeah they'll no, be hydraulic. That's yeah. the that's the setup because you can get those different size rams, and everything's yep. got the quick connect, so like you can. You could change out for a longer ram if you needed to, like, push a, a bearing out of a deep bore versus, yeah. like, pushing a bearing on or off a shaft. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. looking at 10 and a half inches of travel. Yeah. So, I, I yeah. It's, it's a serious contender. Yeah, it'll be a serious contender. And I think I can do it for under 1,500 U.S., yeah, okay. is my goal. I've, uh, I've actually got a... Uh, a similar thing. Um, actually, I wanted a new shop press, and I'd looked at buying one, and I might go down that avenue of just buying one just for the sake of it. It's easier. Um, but I, it's hard in Australia to get anything either Australian-made or American-made or even European-made. Everything's just Chinese these days, and it's just yeah. crap. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I may go down the avenue of doing a, a shop press as well, but I was more thinking like a C-frame shape. Yeah, a lot of guys go with a C-frame. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. there there are benefits to both. What I like about the, C, the C-frame is that uh, instead of ha- trying to finagle between the uprights, mm. you, you can, you've got more area under the throat to get like odd-shaped pieces in there. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. a lot more degree. Well, and like if you, you need to straighten a shaft, work. if you need to straighten a shaft, it's a lot easier to put a long shaft in a C-type yeah. press than yes. through the yeah. uprights on a... 
Yeah. And, and, that, and the that's H exactly frame, why I'd go that the C, yeah, the I, C shape. I, I see what you're saying. And, and the H-frame, the reason I like that design is because I feel like more people could fabricate it oh, and definitely, make it yeah. Yeah. functional for bladesmithing. Again, yeah. I think you're giving way too much credit to some of your audience. No, possibly. Well, it, the, my, the biggest problem with that design is that you have to find I-frame or uh, I-beam. So, you know, you, you're really stuck if you can't find I-beam. And um, But in this case, I'm using 8 by 4 so it's like nice and small. It's like thin. Mm -hmm. And then the whole frame, everything will sit on a rolling base that will be essentially self-contained. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the base itself will contain the hydraulic tank yep. and the motor and yep. all the electronics. Everything will go in that rolling frame. So if you can imagine like a 24 by 24 inch um, cube. That contains the 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 tank for the hydraulic fluid, the motor, the the you know all the electronics. Everything will fit there, and then above it will be the actual press itself, which is not rocket science. I mean, it's just a moving you know die on a on a frame, and uh, and then I'm working on interchangeable uh, uh, high carbon uh, uh, dies that will you can. You you could you could put different tex texturizing uh, plates in and and pull them in and out in a matter of seconds. Oh yeah, because you want you want to use it more for blacksmithing type stuff. It's more for blacksmithing. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's yeah, and flattening Damascus, yep. uh, forge welding, you know, things like that. Uh, where but it could be converted to use for you know pressing bearings push you know uh, uh, pushing shafts through things and you know different mm -hmm. types of things that require an enormous amount of pressure but the primary goal is to uh, give people something that they can have in their workshop that would they could build themselves and understand how to build it, uh, it, it, it when you go out to the internet and you start digging around uh, on on forge presses there's an enormous amount there's a wealth of information out there mm -hmm. but there's very few people who have managed to uh sort of boil it down to the basics and then and then build something and say like for instance like the, the grinder that i built i try to explain to people it's a, a very simple concept right you know it's just a two inch by six foot long belt that needs to travel on one axis. That's yeah. it. It's I a mean, super it's very simple, simple machine. Yeah. It's a very simple machine. Yeah. But to build one is not that simple mm. or to design one that has like, you know, all those functions that you want, that all the pieces that you want is not that simple. But when I, you know, I created my plan set, it's 52 pages. And the reason why it's 52 pages is because people don't, the people that want to build this are not metal fabricators. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They need to understand when you weld something, it's going to warp. Or if you, you know, if you, you, you uh, put something against something else. Well, you, know, you mean I went to Home up. Depot and I bought the Lincoln suitcase right. welder and that doesn't automatically make me a fabricator? It, it, it's, it's more or less. Here's what I tell people. The first one you build will work, but it won't be perfect. And that's okay. The second one you build will be nearly perfect. And and that's great too. But the more you learn about metal fabrication, the more you'll understand about bladesmithing and mm -hmm. high carbon steels and all those things. So it's, you're really getting a primer 
into that world. And I, and, and, you know, through that education, um, people, what people don't realize about steel is it's like a, a living thing. You know, the more you put into it, the more it moves and it shifts and it, it changes. Whereas they're, they're thinking of it like wood. You know, I think a lot of these. Oh guys my God, think, that's the craziest comparison because wood moves far more than steel. Yeah, it would you would think? You know, it. it, it no, you know, I've seen it. Wood. I work. I work with wood, and I'm not. I don't consider myself a woodworker, but just as a carpenter. Yeah, wood, if wood if, does move. Yeah, if your humidity changes, what was yes. formerly a straight board is now a warped, twisted mess. Mm. Totally whereas, understand that concept. Whereas. I have to really screw up welding on a piece of steel for it to do that. But if you hit a piece of steel with a, say a big heavy hammer, well, it yeah, moves, but I mean, again, but it stays where you moved. If, it. if you're not a it's fucking caveman and you've actually worked with steel before, you don't just go randomly hitting on shit with a hammer. Totally agree. But a lot of people have not had that experience. So like, uh, for instance, like if you're texturizing something or you're, you're hitting something with a ball peen hammer, and they, what they don't realize is I'd probably one anneal reaction. it first. And, and, I, and I'm oh, not a bladesmith, totally. but I mean, I'd anneal it first because I realized that there's so much stress built into uh, stock or material from the factory because of the processes that they engage to, to make the material. But it's they understanding They go through a rolling that. mill and they go through, yeah. you know, forging and it's I mean, a, it's not a everything completely is forged, different but, yeah. material, you know, and, and, you know, so you can cut steel. And you can make it do what you want as long as you understand steel. Mm -hmm. And and the same with wood, right? You know, you can sand it and polish it and do your thing. Exactly like steel. You can make it do what you want. I just thought of a good comparison. Instead of being a dick, I thought about it. It's like the difference between a home cook and a chef, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. the difference between the guy that's trying it for maybe the first dozen projects or so. The chef is always going to turn out a better finished product because they understand how the processes work. They understand how ingredients work together. Whereas the people who follow a recipe at home, they don't quite understand the interaction there. Here's my goal. And that's, that's like a professional fabricator versus a home gamer. The professional knows, you know, shit's going to move or, or, you know, you put a tack, it's going to pull things like that. You remember when Dan was saying like he would post pictures of the designs he would make and then people would say, well, I never, you know, they would change his design in a little bit of a way Mm -hmm. and they would say like, this is what I would do differently. And it was things that he never thought of. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same way with when you're working with a a material and steel Mm -hmm. is uh, one of those materials where you wouldn't think, you know, if I hit this piece of steel on this end that it affects the way it behaves on the well, other side. What, and, my my and, big and problem, Brian, like that. Yeah. My big problem is I forget because I have 20 years of experience. So I forget everything forget, that I know yeah. because of the hard one experience. Whereas the guy starting from scratch doesn't have that same base level. You got it. Of experience and so i forget yep. i'm like I, you know i look at something and i'm like jesus what is this goat fuck and realistically it should be looking at it more from the okay i know why this is wrong and unpack it from there rather than just being you know the old angry machinist where i'm like what the fuck are you doing 
Right. And see, my goal my or my job really is to educate people mm-hmm. in in that uh, mindset. So yeah, I yeah. feel like, OK, so uh, I've sold over a thousand uh, uh, of my plan sets for the revolution. That's incredible, and, and, really. That uh, I'm going to take yeah. my hat off to you there. That's yeah, kudos. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've sold, I've sold hundreds of the kits, you know, where people have bought them and built them. And here's, here's my goal. So I, you know, and here's, here's, here's what I'll tell you as I have a degree in communications and my job comes down to just that I have to communicate to the person that I've never met or I've never seen. I don't know what their equipment looks like. I don't don't know what their background is. None of it. I have to tell them, this is how you build this machine. And that 52 pages of that document that I created walks those people, for the most part, through that process of building a machine. And my hope is that when they're done, they feel like they've accomplished something. And I've watched guys who have never laid a single weld put together a machine that runs fairly decently that yeah. we can track and tune and yeah. run a belt. And when we talk about like two by 72, it's a very simple machine. It just runs a belt in one direction or two directions. And it, you know, it does this thing. You and me and Dan feel the same way. It's not a complicated process. But to a guy who's never laid a, a a a bead of a weld on anything, he you know he's expected to at least true up a few things. Yeah. And 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 that's that's my goal with the press project is to take a guy who has never done anything like that before, shorten, or maybe he's built my grinder. the learning curve. Take that learning curve out, and if you yeah. can, if I can do that. I, I feel like I'm a success, like I can hand somebody this knowledge and I can say to them in a printed document that they're able to go out and build something. And then at the end, they feel happy about it. They're like, I did something, well, you, man. You've I been, built you've this thing. You've empowered them. That, that to me is actually a, a hallmark of excellent customer service. Every single day I get emails from people who said, I've never done this, anything like this before. I watched your videos and I was inspired to do it and I went and did it. And they show me these pictures. They send me these, you know, email or whatever it is, Instagram. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy built an awesome machine. Mm. And, you know, the ego inside of me is just like, you know, brimming. I'm like, oh, I feel so good about that. But I also feel good about the fact that I empowered somebody else to do something with their time that was that that made them feel good and it changed their lives and that and ultimately whether or not i had any effect on this world because i get this like short span of time on planet earth to be honest the last year of my life teaching people how to do these this these things and building these machines has been almost i would say probably the best year of my life I have met some of the most amazing people that have changed my life and also just created a business that I never knew could exist. Uh, 
Yep. And it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Mm. And to see people like go, I never knew how to do this. And I, and you watch, you know, I watched your stuff and I, sh- and you showed me how to do it and it changed. And man, I, I get emotional about it. There's, there's some people like I get messages like from South Africa, from guys who have like nothing but stick welding. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just stick welding these things together. They've got a lathe. They're making their own wheels. Yeah. And, and dude, we are changing. And, I, and I, you know, over the course of time, I believe, like, this is an impact. This has an impact globally. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I, I, I'm, I'm super blessed to be a part of the project. And, um, and I, I love doing it. So, Well, I'm going to yeah. try to implement a little more of your uh, perspective on things so that I'm less of the uh, old angry machinist. Being, yeah. You're my favorite old angry machinist, by the way. You really are. You're my favorite. Well, I I and appreciate I, that, but I, I you know, I it's part you. of it. Part of my journey about becoming a better person is I need to. That's that's the thing about with age and wisdom and experience comes perspective, and I need, yeah, I need to I need to maintain that thought process of if I want to be able to pass on usable knowledge to other people, I need to get myself in the mindset of how do I most effectively communicate that because that's that's the important key right there you have to remove yourself i think that's a big key for yeah, me anyway i, I definitely need it's to like, get out of my own way with it. i definitely need to yeah. get out of my own way with a lot of things yeah yeah we're our own worst enemies you know yeah for sure well gents we did it Two hours in on this podcast. Can you imagine us sitting around a campfire, so to speak, for two hours and talking about basically changing the world through there would fabrication? Be quite a few empty bottles. <laughs> there would be. There would be. Uh, there, there is, and there would be. There are here. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had, a, I've had a couple. I've had, a, I, I've had a few, and I feel great. I've had a couple of beers. Yeah, and and Dan unfortunately is just drinking coffee because it's like nine in the morning where he yeah, is. Yeah, tomorrow nine thirty. Nine thirty in the morning yep. in Australia. Yep. And and here in uh, Florida it is uh, seven thirty in the uh, late evening. So, yes, and and well, listen, guys, I truly appreciate you listening in to our podcast. Thank you so much. And if you're interested in finding other podcasts that are similar to ours. Go out to makery.network and listen in to all of the great content that is available to you out there. And uh, I want to let Dan and Trent and Sarah know that I love all of you very much. And you are my some of my favorite people. Awesome. And I, I truly appreciate uh, hanging out with you. And I hope to do it again very soon. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yes. Thank you. Uh, just real quick, Dan, I yep. want to ask you, it's Sunday. It's in the future. Uh, we're talking to you in the future. Yep. What are you doing with your Sunday today? Um, I think I'm going to head down the shop actually and uh, I like melt, it. Some, melt some steel together. Yeah, baby. All right. And what are you working on right now? Um, I'm actually building a few haters for some, for some friends. Um, for their man cave shed sort of area, um, I do a few of these on the side as a bit of a bit of a cash, the, cash job. In, 
Yeah, the photos in your on your Facebook yep. is you have these amazing fire pits. They're yeah. like fireplaces. Yep. That's what we call them in the US. Yep. And they they have this uh sort of reminiscent of the 1970s long piped uh, uh fireplaces that Trent, do you remember like back in the 70s that yeah that, like you know like uh, something you'd see on like bewitched yeah it, it was like a it, it's like if you can imagine a huge funnel yeah that goes up to the ceiling yeah and, it's, and it's then, like a very mod yeah i know exactly what yeah. you're talking about it's it's kind of yeah. similar to like a chimney in the u.s yes yep. yes yep. yes yep. yep yeah so i do a lot of um squared around transitions with um plate steel um yeah, I basically, I get everything laser cut these days. I don't like doing a lot of manual cutting with a grinder or a guillotine. I try and get as much laser cut as possible. Um, Good man. And then, yeah, spend spend a, a day or a few hours, depending on what it is, on wow. the press brake and, and bend it all up on the press brake and weld it together. Yeah, it's beautiful work. Works it's smarter, smarter not harder. Work. I'm a huge Absolutely, absolutely. And like a lot of the stuff I design and build these days, it's it's not realistic to manually cut it. The the dimensions are that far out of the normal of being a square or rectangle plate. Um, yeah, yeah. Laser cutting or plasma cutting or um, even I get a lot of aluminium CNC router cut. Um, it's the only way to go. Yeah, it really is. It, it has increased our ability to make anything or prototype anything. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you're, you're helping employ your fellow countrymen. I mean, it's just a win all the way around. It saves yeah. you time to actually focus on the things that provide value, and it allows yeah, them to put food on their table. So I look at it these days. Um, you know, you, sometimes you get quotes back and you think, oh, that's, that's up there in price. But then I look at it and think, well – you know, am I am I better off manually cutting this? It might take me a day or two days to cut this out, or am I better off going to work? Yeah, what's my time the, worth? Earning the money and just paying someone else to do the cutting for me. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah, it's it's always worth it to outsource. Yeah, in Every business, uh, anybody that comes to me um, and wants to be mentored in business, how much can you outsource? The yep. first question I always ask, yeah, because there is no way you can be that efficient. And uh, and and when when I started hiring employees, the more employees I have, the more uh, efficient I become. And then uh, I pass on knowledge and energy to them, and then it just it's a, it's a steamroller. It just becomes a, a thing. It's a business one hundred and one for sure. Outsource for sure. And if you can do it to a robot, it's even better. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they don't get... <coughs> Pardon me. <laughs> Did I get you with that one, Trent? <laughs> no. Sorry, I, I don't know. Wrong pipe. Um, no, they, they... You know, it, it sounds horrible because I don't want anybody to lose their job. But, I mean, robots don't get tired. Robots don't get sick. Robots don't need, uh, you know, health benefits. I don't know anybody that can cut steel as precisely and as fast as a CNC can. And that is no, the reason why humans should be running tools, not being the tool. Yep. It's just my... 100%. Well, my they're a tool of the tool. Yeah. yeah. I agree. 
Yeah. Well, listen, everybody, gents and misses, thank you so much for joining us on Work For It, episode 12 with Dan Hemming, all the way down in Melbourne, Australia. We had a wonderful two-hour and four-minute chat with with him down there, and uh, it was a really great time. Thank you so much. If you'd like to support what we do, you can go down in the show notes. You can find all of our links to uh, you know uh, our Hangover Cure and uh, Patreon and all those other things. And then, uh, of course, reach out to all of us on social media. We'd love to chat with you. And uh, have a great and amazing weekend. My name is Brian House, and you have been listening to Work For It. Have a great night, guys. Bye, Cheers. Folks. Thanks. See you. See you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-